Welcome back. Here we are, New York City, April Fool's Day. What's going on, Nate Freeman? Here we are at Nota Bene. It is April Fool's Day. I don't have any fucking good jokes. No jokes. Let's I, let, let's let's not do the jokes. Part. I I did manage to keep my son from knowing that today was April Fool's Day. He's been looking forward to it for months because I just couldn't handle it this morning. No, I don't. Know, good 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 parenting, bad parenting. I'm not sure. I, just, I think I didn't good. have it. Yeah. I mean, you know, holidays like this one are, you know, more often than not just should be ignored. You know, nothing good can come from you trying to do some dumb April Fool's joke. You're just gonna look stupid. So, like, you know, you can just forget that this is a holiday, and that's fine. Um. What's not an April Fool's joke, although maybe it should be, uh, one of my favorite establishments, Russ and Daughters, just inked a deal via Time Magazine Television to produce a TV series. You see that in the deadline this morning? Yeah, it's going to be sick. I'm going to watch the fuck out of that. Okay, I just, you know, I'm really protective of my spots. Yeah, but dude, this is like, it's already blown up. Like, well, what, I know what, that I understand it's blown up. I just hope it doesn't doesn't lead to a degradation in you quality of my experience. You got people in like experience. fucking Idaho buying this shit on Gold Belly. No, I'm the, you know? I'll, I'm there for all that. I just like I want my experience to remain the same and have no degradation. That's my that's my only thing. I mean, you're gonna wait in line. Like you just wait in line at Russell. You have to wait in line. That's just what you do. It's never gonna be fun. No, I'm okay with that. that's fine. Yeah. That, no, I'm fine with that. Nick Nick here, they'll sometimes pull you up if you if you know. Sometimes, if, yeah, if yeah. The old I'm, man's look, there. Look, especially. I've gotten pulled up. Okay, I've, when, I've got I've got when, when you have the baby strapped to you, that's like a fucking express mm-hmm. line at Russell mm-hmm. Daughters. I highly recommend it. You can even loan the kid out. Maybe I don't know. Totally. Oh, absolutely. Um. But like, I like to see them getting getting their bag. You Dude, know? Like, like, one of the greatest New York institutions, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. I'll watch no, that shit. It's gonna be corny as fuck. I'm definitely gonna watch it. Obviously. Yeah. Um. You know what? Um. I'm not sad about. What's that? The closing of Cursed Fortellinis. Yeah. You know what? Like, no shame. Like, I know that. Like, you know, the place had its devotees. I think our guest today was one. Um, a lot of people I know and 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 are very close friends with love that place. I never really had the attachment to it. I was watching basketball there, you know. It, it was just a good place it, to watch it, a game. It never went beyond kitsch for me. The um, food was terrible. I know that wasn't the point. I get it. The food's bad. The lighting's bad. I like restaurants with shitty food. That's like what I go to. But like Forlines was never my spot. It was just like you know, uh, you'd have to put up with it. Are it's you fine. too old for Fortellini? Is that what it is? Jesus Christ. Maybe. <laughs> if that's the case, I'm fine They're with it. They're coming up from behind, Nate. They're coming up from behind. Look, it sucks that it closed. Whatever is going to replace it, replace it is going to suck. You know, like... I hope they raise that. If they try and do some, like, like better food with the same environment, I'm not here for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> We've done that. We've been there. We've done that. That's been done. Yeah, whoever's thinking about doing that, like, carbonizing it or whatever, don't do that. It's not worth it. You know, I'd rather see it be like a Bodhi store or something. You know. Um, ooh, I like that idea. Yeah. Um, although I was a little bit worried. Um, uh, friend of me of the pod, uh, Caitlin Phillips. Um, <laughs> Shout out, Caitlin. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but um, she, she loves the pod. I'm sure. I'm sure she has a lot of time. I'm sure she's definitely listening to it. She posted a picture from a similar Manhattan restaurant mm-hmm. uh, last night, a video, in fact, and I got real worried that if her type were up at one of my favorite old school haunts in Manhattan, she did not name it. Or are we leave- not naming it right now? Oh, we're definitely not naming it. <laughs> Because I know where she was. I need my private space, man. <laughs> I need to keep my office, you know, clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you and I can go there. Maybe have a maybe have a, a tipple and a, a mediocre meatloaf. I mean, I'm a huge fan of that establishment, which we're not naming. One, God, of, the, one are, of the all-time greats. Y'all are slipping if you don't know what we're talking about. Midtown slash Upper East Side. Yeah, that's all we can say. See on Lexington. 
Okay, you just gave it away. No. Uh, I mean, if anyone figures out from that, all the power to them. Yeah. Where I did have some pretty good food last night, a uh, really nice pasta dish. Very actually, good. Actually, was at a dinner hosted by Harper Levine at Harper's Bookstore Gallery for artist Marcus Brutus and in celebration of Harper's new Chelsea Gallery, former uh, guest of the pod, Harper Levine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a packed house. The entire art world was there in full Well, I mean, so, you know, when I first got there, I showed up, you know, at 8. 35 uh mm-hmm. dinner called for 8 30 and i'm old and dorky like that uh most of the people are there i get my table so i go for my table table's empty no one's there i'm supposed to be sitting with one nate uh freeman charlesworth and lucy charlesworth freeman nope not to be seen all right dude i commuted dinner from fucking dallas what do you want from me all right like, well that's like, <laughs> that's your fault for being in dallas on a random week in march <laughs> i planned it to a fucking and i'm tea. the king of random places at random times shout to be in out dallas. delta airlines just just still the worst in the fucking game like it was 30 minutes delayed we were stuck on the fucking airplane for an extra 20 minutes because they couldn't figure out the drawbridge thing yeah listen LaGuardia is close but Tito is closer (laughs) well (laughs) no one was finding me private from Dallas I'm not at that level yet but you know I really did plan this thing fucking well and then all of a sudden all these delays just just fuck me over and it worked out for the best because I get to see you an awful lot Uh, Mm -hmm. Lucy less so so I, I miss getting sitting with her and whoever else was at that cursed table uh, but did get to uh, to break bread with friends of the pod, like an uh, amazing table. We had yeah, Joel Messler, Rashid Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, Rob Davis, the great yep. artist, and um, uh, another wonderful artist whose name is just escaping me. I uh, just had a great show, opened up a hug from the art world's new space. It's going to come to me in a second. It's going to yeah. come to me in a second. And the hug CEO, uh, Adam Cohn, was also at the table. He was. He was. Um, kid was great. Had so much fun. I haven't laughed like that in ages. Uh, I know I would have laughed uh, with you as well, too, I know. I'm I came sure. over to the table for a minute, was immediately engulfed in whatever gossip we all were peddling, and it was super fun. Jamal. Jamal. Jamal was the artist. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. All right. Um, anyway, so that yeah, was a good time. Night. There were great people there. There were good people. We had uh, a former guest to the pod, uh, Jonathan Travis. Real Travis guy. was there. He was at our table. Uh, who else? It was. I mean, it was. There was probably what a hundred plus people at that dinner. It was a buyout, baby. Bought it out. Two rooms. Had you ever been to that restaurant before? Fuck yeah, that place rules. Really? Yeah. I'd never heard of it. No, it's one of those sort of like not cool places that like has great food. You know, there's like nothing trendy about it, but like the food is very very solid. I can say my pasta course was on point. Mm-hmm. Totally on point. Very good. The rigatoni was wasn't spicy, but it was still pretty good. It was, it was good. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I had the steak. Do you have the steak or the, the sea bass? I had the steak. It was Obviously. great. It was, uh, it was very, very good. Tiramisu or olive oil cake? Tiramisu with that espresso gelato. Let's go. Well, how was that? I, I, so I, sick. I ordered the tiramisu and I was like, I wanted a tiramisu from 1987 on my plate. And yeah, it wasn't it was, that. It, it was deconstructed. It was a fancified one. Yo, know, I like like an old school fucking, you know, like Gotham Bar and Grill tiramisu. Just like straight 80s out. Like you know, Tina Brown era publishing, put it on the fucking yep, corporate card. Yep. Tiramisu. That's, that's what I'm looking that's, for. Yeah, that's, that's what that's I'm looking what I'm for. Trying to go for maybe it, a little sambuca with my espresso. Like Fuck you yeah. know, make yeah. it make it happen. Dip the sambuca there. Uh, yeah, of course. Rob, Rob Davis was kind enough to trade his olive oil cake with me for that's my nice. uh, that's funny looking gelato. Nice. I'm sorry, all my sounds are on. Everything's going. Um, and the show, uh, if we should get to the show, Marcus's show was really nice, beautiful space. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting decision to hang a painting on a curved wall, which I actually thought worked out. Um, it was cool. 
it was cool it was my first time out in a bit and i laughed like a motherfucker i gotta say i had a good time i mean i feel i'm not hungover i feel hungover that was like really i left there like i don't know 10 30 11 i didn't get to That's bed so until, sick though i didn't get to bed until midnight man this is way yeah. past daddy's bedtime yeah it was like a, a 1 a.m nighttime for me because lucy and i watched the new episode of the dropout because it's so fucking good when we got at home i mean wow dude no wonder you were late getting here up, I, up all I night was, watching TV. I had to TV. move the car because it was fucking like sideswiping Fridays or whatever the fuck that is. ASP, baby. I was on a side parking. Whatever that is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that show. Wait, were you allowed to move the car? Yeah, I'm allowed to. I can drive, dude. Okay. I don't know. I've never seen you drive. That's all. I did move the car today. I did last week. But I was, okay. I was sitting in the car waiting for them to come for a long time. Okay. Yeah. yeah all right. As, as one does. Um,. Um, Did you read the Post while you're doing that? Because I think that's like a New York tradition is sitting in the car waiting for the sweet sweeper to come reading the New York Post with a cup of deli coffee. I, I, ideally, I would have done that. I was running a little late. I have snagged uh, a Post and or Times and or Daily News and done exactly that because it is a great New York tradition. Uh, obviously, the Post would be my uh, paper of choice for such an activity. You know, especially I think that, you know, the Post is evil as it is. It's just like. It's the most fun thing to read. Of course, of course. When you sit in the car, it's easy. To, a tabloid format's a great format for mm-hmm. a newspaper. Let's not be. Let's be honest. Yeah, I'm sick of folding up my fucking FT New York Times like a piece of origami on the on, on the tube. Mm-hmm. Um, you know who's never been a guest on the podcast? Who's that? Should be. Who's that? Mark Ronson. Yeah, let's get Mark in the in the in the joint. And I I say that because as, as you brought up, uh, mm-hmm. he is featured on the cover of the new Hamish Bowles uh, Helmed World of Interiors. Yeah, I mean it's. You know, clearly they're bringing some fresh blood into the mix. You know, Mark Ronson isn't like a fucking septuagenarian, like, dude living out in Provincetown. Like, he is, you know, young, hip, newly married, producer, Grammy Award winner, multiple times, actually. There's a shot of him with, like, a bajillion Grammys above his fucking mantle. It's crazy. I have to say, I mean, his his apartment looks incredible. I am a little concerned. It's been my concern from the get-go. World of Interiors has always oftentimes had people that are prominent in the worlds of publishing, art, fashion, but they tend to be more beside behind-the-scenes folks. It's very rarely celebrities. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have uh, trashy, terrible magazines like Architectural Digest that are there for mm-hmm. the celebrities for, to like, be Kendall on the cover. Dinner, right, yeah. yeah Don't exactly. shit talk my, my Kanye brethren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Amy Astley's you know. the OG. I'm Shout the one- Amy Astley and AD. Yeah, I listen, they bring in the bucks, no doubt, but I'm just saying as far as quality uh, quality interior design is concerned. So I'm a little, as awesome as Mark's uh, spot looks, uh, designed by uh, hipster downtown furniture mm-hmm. dealer Michael Bagario, uh, I'm concerned to see in Hamish's first cover that we already see the celebrity influence leaking in. Exactly. I, I like mean, I like to see the, the beach-side shacks of old queens from Provincetown. I do, too. And I'm flipping through the March issue, and this shit is esoteric as fuck. You know, like, I don't know there's who these an article, are. There's an article on tents in there, bro. Yeah. <laughs> on, like, like high-end, like, like, party tents. tents. Like, I don't know who these designers are. I don't even know what these towns are. Because they're too cool I, for know, us. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's yeah, great. If we don't it. know about it, like, I want to know about it. Totally. Like, that's, that's, but totally. Maybe that wasn't, maybe that's not moving moving those books off the off the newsstand. I know, but you want it to pop a little bit. You know, maybe you put Mark Grounds on the cover, and then, you know, some teeny boppers will buy it, and then they read inside about some, like, yeah, like some crazy yeah, I'm, old I'm shit all for that. in South I'm, France. I'm not even talking shit. I'm just saying it, it did make me a little bit concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how it plays out. Um, just one of the all-time great magazines, and yeah. so I, I feel but invested in it. Mark Rodson was rocking some Issy Wood canvases in the cut. Would that be a painting? Is that he has some paintings by Issy Wood? Paintings, yeah. Okay, yeah. has he? They were collaborative musically. They have, yeah. Okay, yeah. That he's produced sense. some of her. So he can get music. he can get access. Yes, 
Unlike some people. Right. Well, I mean, like, you know, Mark is just, like, a collaborator of hers. And that music rules, dude. Like, Izzy makes bangers. I, I don't disagree. I yeah. don't disagree at all. Um, one of the rare cases. I mean, but I feel like her music career and her visual art career came up at the same time. It wasn't like one led into the other. Or I, I think that, that it was sort of a pandemic project for her. Is just that what like, it was? Like, screwing around with some, like, you know, I, I think it was an 808 or some kind of a beat maker that I think that Mark might have given her. And she was like, I'm going to make music now. And it was awesome. Okay, cool, cool. Um, and what else is going on? There's some other shit going on in the world of art, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the Whitney. Yeah. Do you not want to talk about the Whitney Biennale? No, we need to talk about it. The Whitney Biennale opened. It's a big deal. It used to be such a fucking big deal for me. Man, if you were there on Tuesday night, like, it felt like a big deal. It was, like, a lot of heads came out. Like, it was, you know, one, the line was fucking crazy. Thank God. Yeah, I don't do lines, so well, there's you know, a strike. I had, I had the hookup. As you'll so, remember, I definitely don't do lines for the Whitney Biennial. No, definitely not. Um, I was good enough to to get us a fucking in, so I got a backdoor connect to get us in. Skip the line. I was with friend of the pod, Dean Kissick. I was with friend of the pod, Eleanor Carey, friend of the pod, Peter Curry, and Lucy. We went through the back door. Guess who's at the back door? It's Julie Moretto. Say what's up to Julie. Link and build. I mean, she's like holding the door open for you, fools? No, she wouldn't. No, she wasn't holding it. She was just going in the same entrance. Oh, okay. I mean, I like the idea of that, though. No. No, but I was like, oh, dope. We're in the right place. Julie Moretto's here. This is our entrance. Like, we just go in. We're in. Immediately, Dave Breslin's there. Say what up to David. See Adrian Edwards. You know, just the crew. It was great. Yeah, I mean, listen, I haven't seen it yet, uh, but I mean, honestly, even the New York Times reviewed this morning bored me to fucking tears. Look, man, if you want to be bored by this shit, you can, or if you want to just spend a little bit of time, there's some great work. Well, here, that's why I know? didn't go to the openings. I want to go and actually yeah. like experience the artwork. Totally understandable. I mean, I think that it's pretty strong, at least parts of it, and you know, if you don't like parts of it, also that's fine. But like, there's definitely some great stuff in there, and like, I think that that's you know. An accomplishment in and of itself. Anything that's going to affect art markets, I feel like not so much. It's hard to tell right now. It used to be like you'd get like, oh, you know, Whisper Network. Oh, this person's going to be the Whitney Biennial. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't hear that anymore. Well, it doesn't you saw seem like it someone like Lucy Raven get picked up by Listen ahead of the the Whitney. You know, okay. you know, I think there's there's movement like that. I think that there is some, you know, painting. There's a decent amount of painting that I think could, you know, garner some extra attention. Um, a lot of it's very, yeah, I think that there's some market moves that could happen. I just don't really want to say right now because, yeah, I haven't really seen the show in full because I was there for the press preview and then for the party. So To my point exactly, uh, you had a really nice uh, write-up kind of intro to the show in this week's Vanity Fair column. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved, uh, you know, just kind of basically talking about how there, how there aren't any controversies yet, although the, the opening was picketed by the Whitney Museum's union. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love the quote um, from longtime director, friend of the pot, I'm sure, one of the best head of ha- heads of hair in the art game, Adam what Weinberg. Mm-hmm. What hair? I would kill for that hair. So uh, talk about, you know, you never know what's going to be the thing that's controversial. He says, it hits me in the back of the head, I think yeah. is the, the direct quote. And I was like, I think that's probably exactly what it feels like. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think he's been through it a few times <laughs> yeah. now. And so. yeah. You might have been writing about how there's no controversies. He wasn't feeling quite so comfortable right and I, I did point out it's like you know like yes there is uh you know members of the union outside picketing because they don't have a deal with the whitney yet i that could snowball into something really big there are certain works in the show that that once the larger public gets to see them could spark some controversy but right now there was not any sort of uh consensus like oh god thing yeah yeah 
Um, I love the anecdote you got out of, I believe, Donna Mira Rubel from back when they used mm-hmm. to live in New York, and how I guess they used to have like a big party after the opening of the Whitney at their, at their apartment. I known about those because when you're at the Rubel Museum, the texts, uh, the wall texts are oftentimes written by the artists or include quotes from the artists, and Richard Prince talks extensively about going to these parties. He said it was the first time he ever saw one of his own artworks installed on the wall of a collector's house. Oh, interesting. interesting. And it was um, Fist with Cigarette. Um, and he he recalls I'll, I'll this, he recalls seeing Fisher Cigarette on the wall and then seeing Robert Maplethorpe at the party and he was like you know what's way cooler than my artwork fucking Maplethorpe in his like leather chaps and like it's just like enormous and he's like I gotta switch it up I gotta switch up the game like, oh that is cool yeah I wonder if Richard has a couple of Maplethorpes I bet he does sure I he bet does, he yeah. does um, but anyway these parties were legendary not just because they were parties but because they sort of shifted the culture and uh that was not the case, you know, this year, really. I mean, I I, I am not... Well, but the, the anecdote that I liked was the fact that once um, uh, Jeff Koons showed mm-hmm. up for one of those parties, except he was a day too late. Yeah. I guess he rang the bell at Donna Mears. They like, let him up. He's like, oh, they had no idea who Jeff mm-hmm. Koons was, but the they, 70s. they ended up inviting him to sit down for dinner for a little pasta dinner. Right. I mean, that's so just... 79, I think you dated that us. shows that Don, Donna Mears is just like the most generous. Yeah, and now they have like five or six amazing Koons in their mm-hmm. museum in Miami right now, just right. hanging. I'm sure there might. I'm sure there are others in the collection exactly um no, that was really fun to just like chill and say hello to, to them and, and did you go out Max. afterwards i know that a friend of the pod mills moran threw a big party no it had a 10 p.m start time which is like not gonna work for me i know i mean you know with all the the hobnobbing and the art seeing and all of that i didn't like eat anything there were little nibbles and stuff but like it was like 10 30 p.m and i hadn't eaten anything and i know that there was the dr clark thing but you know lucy's Seven months pregnant, we can't really do that. But I was like, all I want in the world. I mean, the is- spot you put on the map too, though. Yeah, so I know we- Dr. Clark. Yeah, but like, I was like, all I want is to go to Pasties, like, and just like eat something and go to sleep. And we get to Pasties, it's like slammed, it's banging. Every table is full of people from the Whitney. We somehow snagged two seats at the bar. Uh, right next to Hamza Walker, director of uh, Wow, XR. wow. So me and Hamza are linking a building, and I like ordered a martini. I was like, damn, what do I want to eat? And the guy was like, yo, the sleeper hit is the steak sandwich. And I was like, that sounds fucking great. I can see you being into a steak sandwich. And I got it, and it was like the best steak sandwich we've ever had. Amazing. I mean, like, the steak sandwich at Pessy's, I guess this is like a known thing, because like, I was like, kind of just like, what the fuck, this is amazing. We're more, like, yeah. more, more Balthazar heads than Pessy's heads, right? right? No, Pessy's, not like my go-to of Keith's excellent restaurants. Of course, I love it. I'm just never really around there. You know, I'm you know often at Balthazar, but not not a pest. He said, but it was so pleasant to be there with the entire art world. It was so fucking fun, and yeah, that sandwich fucking rules. You know, I think before we get to our amazing guest uh, Jordan Barris, we got to walk over to the gallery, over to Theta and interview her. I we we got to touch on some some news that's blown up a couple friends of the pod. Uh, recently, uh, the news of Harold Ankart leaving the David Zwerner Gallery. Mm-hmm. And I can tell from the look on your face, you don't want to talk about this, but we can't not talk about it, <laughs> Nate. We would be doing a disservice to our audience, our listeners, the people. So evidently, Harold Ankart has left David Zwerner. No one knows why. I've heard a lot of gossip. Are you going to tell the gossip, or do I need to do it? Look, I mean, there's there's photographs, there's, there's you know... There's whispers. I don't really know what what happened. You know, Harold has left the gallery. He's off the website. Um, that is for sure. Uh, you know, there. Uh, I'll get into it then. Let's get into it. 
I mean, I hope I don't get disinvited to a nice dinner party in Venice. But uh, listen, that's that's the risk I'm willing to take to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so evidently, uh, Cyan uh, of David Zorner, or one of his children, uh, who's employed by the gallery uh, and is, I think we can argue, a legendary stick man. Fuck yeah. Uh, uh, evidently slept with one of Harold's ex-girlfriends. That appears to be the case. Um, and uh, Harold uh, felt as though he didn't want to show with a dealer uh, whose employees, including like the one of the heir, uh, heir presumed, uh, is going to uh, bone his exes. Mm-hmm. And I can't disagree with that logic from Harold's standpoint. I don't think it was a great choice for him to leave that gallery, but I get it. I mean, look, I'm not going to comment. I don't really know what happened with, with Lucas and Diana. You know, I didn't say his name. You did. <laughs> uh, I just don't know. They they were photographed together or something. I don't know anything about that. But you reps, know, it, reps have said that they were just friends. That there was no relationship. Right. Yeah. Which is fine. You know. I mean, look. I met Diana when she was dating Harold. She was super nice. She, no idea who this this. She's an actress. She was on Glee. No, that's what. It's fine. Um, <laughs> You're gonna fucking blow up your spot over a Glee actress? Jesus Christ! Yeah. Both to both. By the way, I think both of them acted immature. If if, <laughs> if the rumors are true, it doesn't reflect she, well on either of them. She's a wonderful person. I don't know what happened. You know, we hung out a little bit in Paris when when Harold had a show there. Listen, but, ma- matters. This is matters of the heart, and I don't want to delve too deeply mm-hmm. in other people's hearts. Matters of the heart, but like if Harold felt that he couldn't be at this gallery because of what went down, you know, that's his decision. I just think that gallery is the perfect home for him and his practice. Yeah, and I can't imagine like I don't want to. Like see a Harold Ancart in the Pace Gallery. That doesn't feel right to me. Right. Well, maybe so you, you got to figure it's between Ivan and Larry. Really? Yeah. I mean, I guess so. That's interesting. I mean, I don't know. Because yeah. listen, I mean, Harold's you know not not quite blue chip, but close to it. He anything he paints is going to sell mm-hmm. at a decent price. A real easy artist to work with. I mean, that's like a, for Certainly. a gallery that's a pretty big loss. I know, like the best artist to work with. Who doesn't love Harold? Everyone He's a great Harold. guy, great yeah. guy, great work, um, and has a great painting up at the Whitney, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it looks fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, um, I mean, we'll see what happens there. Again, all speculation. I don't know what's going on. And, and the best to all parties. Like, I, oh, I yeah. give you, I give you all a hug. Me too. Like you know, everyone involved is you know they're all stand up guys in my book. All right, I think that's it. We literally got to pack up the gear Let's and rush over to Tribeca. We'll see you in a second, just after this. Just this, this. Welcome back we to Nota Bene. Live from Theta, the best gallery in Tribeca. Oh, that's that's very nice of you With to say. The Theta proprietress herself, Jordan Vars. How are you, Jordan? Hey, I'm pretty good. Um, yeah, the Mary Boone of her generation. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, just don't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I stake no claim. I uh, am flattered by any comparison. Yeah, well, I mean, we were just talking about QuickBooks. So I figure, you know, she's she's mm-hmm. she's deep into massaging oh. those numbers at the end of the quarter. Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually not. So that's the where our contrast lies. But uh, have you been paying your quarterly taxes? I have been paying yeah, my quarterly you. taxes. Yeah. You're a real businesswoman. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. I'm really trying. Learning on my feet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so we wanted to come in, check in, friend of ours, obviously. Mm-hmm. You uh, have an opening tonight. I do. I wow. Do. Yeah, I actually, I heard you, um, I was walking home the other day, like after a long day of, I don't know, deinstall or something, and I was listening to, uh, no, it couldn't have been deinstall, but I was listening to your guys chatter, and I heard you mention um, me, running into me at Odeon, and like my hand involuntarily like did like a pop. I was like, <laughs> I do love it. I do love it. I'm flattered. Well, you, you, I mean, you do have flair. Thank she you. She got flair. Um, and yeah, you have an opening tonight of Omari Douglin. And this is Douglin. Uh, she just taught me how to do it. And I still couldn't <laughs> fucking close. Omari, so the show looks great. 
freshly installed, ready for the masses to come see it tonight. Thank so you. exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm really love this hang. I think it's a really beautiful uh Beautiful arrangement of his paintings. That I think this I'm is the, one of the. About. Yeah, this is actually a really good. We'll get into the show in a second, but it is a really good hang. And I've definitely seen almost fifty percent of his the first show at the time. gallery. Uh, no, no, no. Um, Omari was in our inaugural uh, three-person yeah. show right. with but Elizabeth Solo. English, first, first solo. solo. First solo. Um, have you been here a full year already? April tenth will be my full year. Happy I am birthday! Working on merch. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. I have merch. a. I have a very. Um, I'm very excited about the merch idea. I can't believe it's waiting been a on year. samples. We get we have some merch coming too. Oh, let's trade. Mm-hmm. We'll trade. Yeah. We'll, Do you like sequins? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think sequins are coming back in a big way. You mm-hmm. heard it here. Well, first. when it comes to fashion, I'm going to trust you and not Nader I actually to know what's coming back. Fair. Uh, you know. Yeah. Um, Jordan's been named to uh, Rachel Tashin's best dressed in the world list. I think two years in the running now. I um I really that is one of the proudest achievements I've made in my life. Friend I, of the pod, reputation. She's been on past guests. I listen. I'm, I'm I I think that's like a huge honor. That's like a big. Mm-hmm. It's a big fucking deal because that list is very accurate. Very I, accurate. Very elite. Like mm-hmm. you know, aspirational I, for yeah. sure. I met Rachel at uh, Lucian. Um, when I like crashed Caitlin Phillips' birthday with Dean Kissick like several years ago, maybe like 2017 or something, and downtown, downtown Madlib, I think yeah. I was there. And I'm pretty I sure I was there. And I, uh, I, I said, "Are you Rachel Tashin? I love everything you write. I think oh. everything you say is right and true and good. And I'm really glad to meet you." Oh, so that's how you get on that that's, list. That's kind of <laughs> that, that, that was the the, the breeding ground. For I think my, that's like, my rise. I, actually, but I think this actually gives rise to a really important point that I'm just learning and I'm like fucking middle age is like when you see someone out in the world that you really respect their work, be it a writer, an artist, like a filmic or whatever, as long as you come correct and like really like the work and know it, and if you express why you like it to that person, nine times out of 10, it's the right fucking move. Like mm-hmm. not to be scared. Don't pretend you don't know their work when you're introduced. Like it's all good to fan out as long as you're a knowledgeable fan. Most people want that. Right. Yeah. As long as it, you're being legit and like you actually do know your shit. And I mean, like, basically, like thing, as long as you're not a cheese ball. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, if you have good things to say and like you're also interesting and doing interesting things, like people are there mm-hmm. for that. Um, yeah. They're putting things in the world and they want responses to them. Yeah. I I once uh, I said to a friend that I'm my favorite artist's biggest reply guy, and I think <laughs> that that's that was a that was in lead up to the the gallery starting, and that artist uh, was in the inaugural show and. It has the next show after this, which is Elizabeth Englander. Amazing, yeah, love oh, Elizabeth. Amazing, Spurs. amazing. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah. The, the, jo- the the import of being a reply guy, IRL. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's go. That's that's some good like mid twenty twenty two energy. I think beyond the beyond just the hard eyes emoji. Like we don't we don't do Listen, that for I'm, selfies. Uh, th- mm-hmm. There's a return to sincerity, and I'm here for it. Totally. Mm-hmm. It's what we need coming out of this fucking like godforsaken life. Like so, do what you mean, mean what you do. Mm-hmm. So, very sincerely, one year of theater, what an incredible year of programming, Jordan. It's been awesome. The spot has really just, you know, already sort of forged an identity. It's gotten a lot of great press and reviews, and it's really just a part of this Tribeca, um, you know, ecosystem in a really cool, amazing way. It's doing its own thing within this entire wonderful landscape. So, you know, how do you think the first year has gone? You know, um, it's been it's been a whirlwind. I really kind of went into this with like very. Uh, tempered expectations i kind of thought that um i like i told my accountant (laughs) that i was pretty sure i would 
make negative money and just kind of be figuring things out in this first year. And um, it's been, it's, well, it's exceeded expectations and that's been really great. That's so, great. I'm really so happy about it. You're in the black? Uh, no comment. Okay. All right. All <laughs> it's right. okay. Um, but so we should we should do a little setup for those that aren't New York based or um, uh, haven't been to the gallery yet. A shame on you. We're down in this great basement level, a kind of English 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 cellar yeah, level. Yeah, English space cellar. That's in, an interesting term. I've not yet heard. Mm-hmm. I call it lower level. Lower level. Lower okay. level. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we don't know what's legal. It does. It does have natural light. Is what I'm trying to mm-hmm. say. Although it's below grade. Yeah. And uh, how do you find this like super cool? Like it's not what we think of as we think of like a of a first gallery. I would yeah. say. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I well, I had really wanted to start a gallery for a while and you know pandemic was pandemic um so i was kind of sitting on that idea i was like like lazily kind of looking at some listings of bleak spaces that are like shuttered storefronts online and then um a friend of mine jacques louis vidal who happens to live nearby was uh and knew very well that i was interested in doing this um was walking around this neighborhood and saw um, just above here, there is a display window that mm-hmm. is painted pink, which is actually inset. It's, it's a part of this building. It's actually inset into the living room of the ground floor apartment, which is owned by my landlord, Jill Hoffman. Um, and she also rents that out to, uh, so she rents out this space and she rents out that window for additional income. And uh, she had a canvas in the window at the time that she had hand painted on it that said basement studio available for rent with her phone number. Uh, and Jacques called it. He got the tour. He was like this kooky couple named Jack and Jill just gave me a tour Jack of the basement. Jill. Jill was wearing a red satin mask that said secret on it. And uh, <laughs> she really wants this to be a gallery. And I think you really need to take it. And uh, then I came to see it and it was like December at night. And I was kind of like, oh, I don't know, basement. Like, I don't want to not know what time of day it is. Um, and I just then came back in the daytime and I saw there was a little bit of light. I was like, wait, there's a built-in office. This is actually kind of amazing. This is weird. And this neighborhood couldn't be better. And Jill also, because she wanted this to be a gallery, offered me a sweet deal. So it's just uh, a blessing. I love it. And it. she's she's amazing. an artist or an artisan She's of, an artist sorts, right? and a poet. Um, she is the coolest person I've ever met. Um, totally. She's been here since the 80s, and this space uh, was her gallery at some point in the 80s, and then it was a bit of a playhouse. Like, there's a sort of little theater stage there. I mean, the ceilings are not high, but that is a like stage. literally a playhouse. Uh, like, a, mm-hmm. basically. And this right here, uh, right when you walk into the gallery, you see this sort of window as you're coming in that, like, gives you a full view into us working. Um, and that is actually a ticket window. We boarded it up on the inside, but it was a ticket window. Amazing. And, so cool. Oh, and the other cool thing about the space that I learned from somebody who signed the guest book once as Lawrence of Manhattan. So shout out to Lawrence of Manhattan. Um, he told me that when this was, after it was Jill's gallery and after it was the theater, um, it was, uh, well, someone named Dana was living here illegally. And so Jill's boyfriend, Vladimir, um, at the time built out who built out this office area also built a a illegal shower in the back that looks like it is for goblins only um but when but when dana lived here she was really tight with james gandolfini who also lived in the neighborhood and he used to come here and rehearse for the sopranos wow that's very cool that's good vibes that's good vibes vibes, man yeah i mean so this is og pre de niro like 
like classic Tribeca vibes. It's like very like, classic Tribeca vibes. Yeah, I mean, vibes. this neighborhood was cool once and it's becoming cool again, which yeah. is really nice to see. Yeah. Um, are you are you able to live in the neighborhood now? Um, no. That's for rich people only. You have a I, Yeah, I looked. I tried, but um, no. <laughs> no, not really. I have, I have a romance. I would love to live here. Um, I would anyway. love to live here, but then also when I think about it at the end of the day, I'm kind of like, you're in a corner, and that is why this ba- this neighborhood doesn't work as like a retail market, really, because you, you're you trying to get like everybody to come. Like It's not really a foot traffic natural path, but for galleries, you know, it's a destination spot. Yeah, us art lovers, we'll, we'll travel yeah. for this shit. Oh, um, yeah. But previously to theater, you had a, a kind of project space, right? Yeah. Um, I, well, I did not found it. I was, I became part of a really amazing um, artist-run space called Kimberly Clark 2Ks in um, Ridgewood back in 2018. I joined, um, but it was founded in the end of 2014 by uh, four artists um, or creative people who um, were peers and friends of mine. And uh, a spot opened up in 2018 that I was like thrilled to be invited to join to fill. And uh, it was it was really really fun. I mean, what was cool about Kimberly was that um, the space was small, and you know, it was just four people contributing their addition their income from their day jobs to keep it going it was only open i believe on saturdays and sundays maybe just sundays um but uh tons of artists lived nearby and would all like you know it was very much like a community space but the production value was really really above its pay grade because one of our team members was just like a master um installer preparator visionary um so it was really cool to be a part of and not have to do any technical stuff. What kind, of, what kind of day jobs were you working at the time? Did you work for galleries? I did. I had a weird career trajectory. Um, I, after college, I first did a curatorial internship at Artist Space. Um, and then Artist I, Space in the neighborhood. Yes. Shout out Artist Space. Love Artist Shout Space for Jay. life. Um, and then I uh, was lucky enough to be a curatorial intern for the 2015 New Museum Triennial. Um, oh, I didn't under know that. Lauren Cornell. Oh, yeah. super cool. Shout out Lauren then, Cornell. Right? No, you were well, not. I just no, saw no, no, well past my time. Yeah. Just saw Lauren at the Whitney on yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, Lauren's amazing. Um, Sarah O'Keefe was also working with me, and uh, she was amazing. And um, it was really cool to learn from them. I thought that triennial was amazing. Uh, and like, I got to be part of like little things here. Like I PA'd Casey Jane Ellison's um, art. Talk, touching the art series oh, yeah, that, that was really i mean the that was hilarious uh and yeah just a bunch of that and then randomly after that i was doing this like artist assisting job and i was kind of hanging out with people who wrote poetry and trying my hand at it i would not say i would, did anything good with the art of poetry but i did publish one poem in a friend's zine that randomly uh, I think they like posted pages of their zine on their Tumblr. And then I saw that it had like a thousand notes, my little poem that I wrote on a subway. And then I got an email from this guy named Richard Turley, who is, uh, who I didn't know at the time, who said, hey, I really love your poem. Do you want to do this for money at MTV? And Whoa. Richard is incredible. He's a creative director. He's the, like the reason that like, you know, how, like Bloomberg Business Week, like had all these like kind of badass covers in like 
the late 2010s. Mm-hmm. That was him. Um, Got it. And then he moved over to MTV to try to like make MTV cool in like 2015. Um, and so I was part of this wacky nine person team for like a year and a half um, where I just kind of wrote little skits and did weird experimental things. Culture vampire shit. I love it. It was crazy. Um, But it was like, it was nice because it was, it paid a lot. Um, And (laughs) so I was, I mean, it paid enough to like work part time and like also maintain, like I had like a, I was making art myself um, and I had a studio in Long Island city. I curated a, a group show. My first group show that Omari was actually in, um, this Omari um, mm-hmm. was in in 2016, which for some reason in, that feels forever ago now. Um, it was, and then uh, yeah, then that whole team dissolved, and I was like, oh shoot, I want to get back in the art world. Um, I would like a gallery assistant job now, and it turns out that you don't just get to go from being intern intern to like a media writer to then being a gallery assistant, even though you're like hanging out at galleries all the time. You have to pass go and start again. You have to start again and be an unpaid intern. Mm. And I kind of was like, wait, but I'm on unemployment. Like, why would I do that? That sounds so, uh, I just seem so undignified. I should be able to, you know, keep getting paid, right? But it wasn't the way. So it was kind of a roundabout trajectory. But um, interesting twists and turns. I was uh, a part-time assistant for James Michael Schaefer, James Michael Cardoso Schaefer um, at Simon Lee. Wow, I didn't know that history. Yes, that was great. Um, And then I was also, was that after? Um, I was a a studio assistant for Cora Crit or Nananchai for his massive uh, 2017 show at Clearing. Yeah, 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 that was an amazing, with that amazing performance yeah. that they o- did. Olivier, like, every time he sees me, like, I, he just kind of, like, smirks because he saw me in, like, like the same, um, like, thrifted hoodie and, like, nasty track pants with, like, plastic bags on my feet, <laughs> like, every day for a few months. Amazing. And, yeah. now, you're, and now you're colleagues. Now we're colleagues. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you gotta, you gotta learn in every kind of uh, array of the field. Um, so that was, that was all that. And then, then uh, yeah, basically Kimberly. Uh, and then Kai Matsumiya. Mm-hmm. Shout out Kai. Yeah. Um, that was, that was a real great, Kai is a really, really, uh, like, what's the word, idiosyncratic, um, and visionary, uh, gallerist who more than like anyone I know has like fought very, very hard to get his artists linked with institutions. Um, and it was very, really cool to learn from him. Mm -hmm. So you got the space, what you said, like end of 2020? Uh, yeah. Yep. What was the build-out like? So, you know, you yeah. walked us through its history, but it must have been a pretty crazy kind of build-out to, like, make this into the beautiful space it is right now. There was not a... T- I mean, you know, like, when I... <laughs> it was pretty, like, funky. Like, there was a like a big light strip down the center here that, like, just had, like, a bunch of outlets with, like, one... with, like, mismatched bulbs, like, kind of coming down the center. That was bizarre. We just, like, built a wall here, moved a wall there, kind of closed up a storage area, um, moved the bathroom door from right when you walk in to the other side of the wall. Um, but a lot of it's kind of still the same. It's uh, just, like, kind of walls got cleaner, e- even though it doesn't, you know... 
you clearly from like all the shows I've seen, like beginning with your opening group show, like you have a deep connection with the generation of artists, mostly working here in New York. Um, and you clearly like your visions match up with theirs and you're really good at supporting them and giving them a great platform. How did you. you begin to meet the type of people that are going to buy the art uh, on the collector side? Like what was that process like or is it like or has it even happened? Um, Kind of. Yeah, that was a, that was an interesting thing because I didn't really have much involvement, like a ton of involvement in sales at any of my previous um jobs at least in a way that kind of like maintained those connections to start here but um like a little bit like my i mean uh my first sale of all was actually omari's work to an amazing art appraiser and um uh advisor liz Corey. i'm sure she would be happy to stake that claim um who i became friends with through kai matsumiya um liz is like an amazing amazing supportive person she was a one of the co-founders of the legendary gallery international with monument yeah yeah of course um and liz uh connected me with some people i love that, that someone from that gallery was your first patron really cool like that's, yeah. that's I mean, a great international monument first place to show jeff coons yep. uh who else i uh, think peter halley peter halley, peter halley. a yeah. whole generation but just, mm-hmm. i'd love to see that intergenerational support yeah. is like really like, cool to hear she's, about she's like one of the best people i've ever met really really love liz Mm-hmm. So yeah, there was that, and then there was kind of like I don't know, um, you know, like some things like, you know, some collectors put their things that you know put themselves out there, like Scott Lorinsky, like Lorinsky collection Scott. on on IG. Of the pod. Love Former Scott. Guest. Love Scott. Um, he helped me cut the line to the Whitney um, opening the other night. So bless mm-hmm. him and. Uh, my feet would not still be Speak, intact. Speaking of sequins and sparkles, he was pretty sparkly. In oh, his outfit, he was sparkly. Huh? He was yeah, he looked great. Yeah, Shining I told bright him, like a diamond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I told him, show up on Friday. I've already got my outfit planned. <laughs> <laughs> we can match. Um, but yeah, Scott, like, I mean, at your part, at Nate, your party on that rooftop last year, mm-hmm. I, um, I like cornered Scott and I was like, hey, I like your taste. Like, I think you're going to like my gallery. Like, I think we're going to be friends even. That's so uh, cool. And wow. uh, I took a while. A wet paint party making things happen. It Again, really, it being, took a while. being in real life reply guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm not saying that's like, then, you know, just building friendships, really. That's not necessarily uh, profited things yet. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not going to like share uh who bought what yeah no no we're not we're not looking for that i was thinking more just more broadly like how'd you move to beginning to like sell art as opposed to just support artists you know to help Um, them financially yeah i think it's kind of just like i mean something that kai really instilled in me was like thinking about um collectors as people who are going to take care of work and care about it and give it real consideration and um and mind and so it's kind of been my oh sorry i'm like okay it's kind of been my mission to uh you know find people who are thoughtful in collecting and who aren't just um you know commodifying or 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 finding the thing above the couch yeah i mean such as me Mm -hmm. uh uh and speaking of commodifying art um You've done art fairs, I believe. No, I've not no, yet. No, you've not I, yet. So, I, I are am, you thinking are you about jumping this? into that that cold, cold water? Everyone wants to know. Um, I, I am trying. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I have a. There's something pending. We'll see. Um, Fine. So there's that. But yeah, I, I've kind of been 
taking it slow with that, sort of sizing up my prospects. And mm-hmm. I can I can see the, the 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 crowd at Paris International really liking this program. Well, totally. Uh, yeah, uh, let's uh, see what happens. There. I'm, I'm going to put in a couple good words. <laughs> I like <laughs> that. I like the idea of you in that space. I I, love I the, really I love do me too. Love International. I know. I know. You I do. haven't been back to Paris since uh, study abroad 2013. So <laughs> let's let's get you there on the Champs-Élysées. Fuck yeah. yeah. I, I'm love ready that. for some Paris. Come yeah, on, Nate, Nate yeah. will take you out for a cocktail at his favorite home. We're, we're gonna go to Harry's. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll see you there. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just circling back, uh, this show looks incredible. Thank um, you. I actually think it's really, really well installed. Like it looks great yeah, in the space. Run, don't walk. Omari Dalgan's show is awesome. Yeah. Looking at right now. Yeah. Omari, um, this show is really cool. It's called Mod, uh, parentheses, Montage Ontology Domain, which uh, I was like, okay, we do in parentheses in the title. But Omari is somebody who is incredibly thoughtful, who um, kind of encodes a lot of uh, symbols into the characters that he represents and the the landscapes that he he um, refines. So there's a lot of um, different kinds of things going on here that really center around this sort of narrative where there's a sense of something going to, something's going to happen. Um, you've got this kind of uh, Gotham-esque environment where things are sort of reduced landscape-wise to these like color field planes and these washes of of, of referential like included things like you know uh, a mango colored um, he was he's so Omari's a New York native who's recently moved to LA and I think that the bit of orange color is very much the LA influence there he was okay. thinking about sun bleached architecture and a kind of urban sprawl that's not yet day, not quite night. Um, or, and uh, yeah, that late afternoon light yeah, in Southern California. Something it's like really that. like with kind of big open skies. So there's no building. I, it always makes me actually very anxious that late afternoon, me four too. o'clock in LA, like yeah. maybe it gets under my skin. New York for life. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, there's a there's there's a playing going on with binaries, with you know dark and light, um, contrast, and characters that are rendered differently in various ways. There's characters who who are um, from traditional cartoons that are uh, white protagonists that are represented black. There's uh, characters that are kind of transformed. Like uh, there's there's a couple different, there's two Spongebobs in the show. One is a, a strangely sort of human-esque Spongebob and the other is gangsta Spongebob. Um, so there's kind of a lot to read into in terms of uh, identity, representation, um, and like character in both senses of the word. Um, so I am super excited about it and it's a real banner show for him. Yeah. I I think they're really, really good. The more I look at them. Um, and there's like this weird, like Albert Olin stuff going on. Like there's some real like European painterly aspects to it. Um, I think is kind of refreshing for right now at this moment where paintings become a little bit something else, a little bit almost too refined. There's a roughness to it. Uh, uh, and a sense of possibility and open-endedness. Yeah. Um, that's all I got. I think we're, I think it's so glad that you made the time on like the morning of your opening. Like, I know you've like literally collectors like coming down the staircase, like peeking I, in to see I if it's open. I do want to ask one thing, Jordan. I think maybe a few weeks ago or a month ago, you tweeted that, that you're one of those people that only go to three restaurants. Oh, yeah. And, and it's convenient because we like to ask people like, like where in New York around the world. Yeah. What were those three that you, that you said? Okay. Because it, I think it I said four. Four. Okay. Sorry. But, but, uh, yeah, that, 
you know, when somebody else pointed something out, I realized it could be five. But um, okay, so it's the Odeon, <laughs> obviously. Obviously, number one. That is that's the main perk of this gallery's location is is for that to feel like a natural choice. Mm. Um, and uh, Kiki's, to be honest. Love Kiki's. Love Kiki's. It's Shout out to Kiki. Always works. Who always. is just fresh? It's Mediterranean. Oh, it's great. Um, lovely day. Mm-hmm. Lovely day. Wow, that's still popping, huh? Oh, it's so, I, oh. When I, I worked at the new, when I worked at the new museum, that was like a, like a go-to. Right. Spot. Well, now I basically live right by the new museum as of late January of this year. So uh, that is the, that's the, local. the go-to. It's the go-to. Um, and then what was the fourth? Oh, Sue Ann. Sue Ann. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Haters I see on Sue Ann, I'm coming for you. You're wrong. Don't get a macro bowl. You're stupid if you get a macro bowl. What am, what am that, I, what am that's I, what choosing am I ordering? to suffer. What am I ordering at Suen? You're ordering um, the tahini miso ramen uh, yeah. with shrimp. And if you're trying to be skinny, you can get zoodles. Always trying to be skinny. Then you can get zoodles and they're delicious. The zoodles are good. The zoodles are good. I fuck with the zoodles. Um, yeah. The squash tofu, the broccoli tofu. Mm-hmm. I could go on. I really could. And the East Village location has fish. So, you know what? Haters, uh, give it a second shot. You heard it from Jordan. Suing haters, get the fuck out of the building. <laughs> All right, that's it from us. Thank you so much for the time. Everyone, come Thank and you. see the show opening tonight. I'm going to try and get this edited online. So when let's I go. Say that it means tonight. Thanks, guys. Note to Bene. Right. Out. Out.